Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 3. Let's read verses 15 through 18. Galatians 3 verse 15. The Apostle Paul writes, Brothers, I'm using a human illustration. No one sets aside even a human covenant that has been ratified or makes additions to it. Now the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. He does not say unto seeds as though referring to many, but into your seed referring to one who is Christ. And I say this, the law which came 430 years later does not revoke a covenant that was previously ratified by Yahweh so as to cancel the promise. For if the inheritance is from the law, it is no longer from the promise. But Yahweh granted it to Abraham through the promise. Yes, yes. Hold your finger there and turn to the book of Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12. I'm going to read a few opening texts today. Genesis 12 verses 1 through 3. The Bible says, Yahweh said to Abram, Go out from your land, your relatives and your father's house, to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Genesis 13 verses 14 through 17. After Lot has separated from him, Yahweh said to Abram, Look from the place where you are. Look north and south, east and west. For I will give you and your offspring forever all the land that you see. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if one could count the dust of the earth, then your offspring could be counted. Get up and walk from one end of the land to the other, for I will give it to you. And Genesis 15, beginning at verse 1. After these events, the word of Yahweh came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your reward will be very great. But Abram said, Sovereign Yahweh, what can you give me since I am childless and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus? Abram continued, Look, you have given me no offspring, so a slave born in my house will be my heir. Now the word of Yahweh came to him, This one will not be your heir. Instead, one who comes from your own body will be your heir. He took him outside and said, Look at the sky and count the stars. If you are able to count them, then he said to him, Your offspring will be that numerous. Abram believed Yahweh, and he credited it to him as righteousness. And he also said to him, I am Yahweh who brought you from the Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, Sovereign Yahweh, how can I know that I will possess it? He said to him, Bring me a three-year-old cow, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So he brought all these to him, split them down the middle, and laid the pieces opposite each other, but he did not cut up the birds. Birds of prey came down on the carcasses, but Abram drove them away. As the sun was setting, a deep sleep fell on Abram. And suddenly a terror and great darkness descended on him. Then Yahweh said to Abram, Know this for certain. 
Your offspring will be strangers in a land that does not belong to them. They will be enslaved and oppressed 400 years. However, I will judge the nation they serve, and afterwards they will go out with many possessions. But you will go to your fathers in peace and be buried at a ripe old age. In the fourth generation they will return here, for the iniquity of the Amorites has not yet reached its full measure. And when the sun had set and it was dark, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch appeared and passed between the divided animals. And on that day Yahweh made a covenant with Abram, saying, I give this land to your offspring from the brook of Egypt to the Euphrates River, the land of the Kenites, Kenizzites, Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, Rephaim, Amorites, Canaanites, Girgashites, and Jebusites. May Yahweh bless His word to our hearts today. Before we move into the next section in Galatians, which will be Galatians 3 verses 19 through 21, that's what I'll teach you on next moon, I wanted to concentrate some more on the unconditional, unilateral promises that Yahweh made to Abraham and to his seed, which Paul interprets the singular word, the word that is always singular in form, the Hebrew word Zerah. He interprets that in Midrash form as being the Messiah, the one Messiah. Yahweh made promises to Abraham and the Messiah. Remember, an unconditional promise means there are no conditions attached to it. There is no, if you do this, then I will do this. Unconditional means that one party is making a covenant with another party by a promise. It's not a covenant based on law, but rather a covenant based on promise. Yahweh made a covenant of promise with Abraham and his seed in the book of Genesis. A later bilateral conditional covenant based on the law, the old Mosaic covenant, cannot annul a previous unilateral unconditional covenant made solely by Yahweh. And Yahweh keeps His promises. He never breaks His promises. If inheritance or blessing or salvation or the forgiveness of sins was based upon our obedience to the law of Yahweh, no one would ever be saved because you have broken His law and I have broken His law. You're alive today in the natural and in the spiritual because Yahweh has not dealt with you as your sins deserve. That's why you're alive today, because of His grace and because of His compassion. You are what you are because of Yahweh's promise to Abraham and his seed, the Messiah. You are what you are by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. Now, I know that we're called to live obedient lives. I know that 1 John 2, 6 says, If any man be in the Messiah, he should walk as the Messiah walked. And strive for that, we should. And I believe a Christian will strive for that. But the fact is is that no one in here, no one in this room or outside of this room has always done that. We try, we fail, we fall down, we get up, rinse, and repeat. It's frivolous to then base someone's salvation on something that they do. It's frivolous to tell someone you're not saved like the Judahite influencers did. You're not saved until you jump through this hoop or that hoop the way we want you to jump. No, a person is saved from their sins the moment that by grace they receive a new heart. 
They're regenerated by grace. And then they believe through faith in the promise of Yahweh made to Abraham. That's the gospel promise preached in Genesis. Genesis preaches the gospel promise of the Messiah. Genesis preaches justification by faith. Genesis 15. Great things happen as a result of that faith. Good works follow as a result of that belief. And I would go so far to say that good works are the inevitable fruit of genuine faith. But the reason that you or anyone else is saved is not because of a promise you keep or a law that you do, but it's because Yahweh keeps His promises. That's why you're saved. That's my message today. Yahweh keeps His promises. So this is why I also read not only the book of Galatians, but in Genesis, in our opening reading, in Genesis 12, Yahweh promises to Abraham at the time he was called Abram, which means father, high father, Abraham or Abraham means father of a multitude. His name was changed in Genesis 17. Same man, one name changed to another. But he made promises to Abraham, I'm giving you some land. I'm making you into a great nation. I'm blessing you. I'm making your name great. And you'll be a blessing to everybody, Abraham. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Another text says all the nations of the earth or the families of the earth will be blessed through you. The Septuagint says ethnos of the earth. All of them will be blessed through you. And the way that that comes about is through the seed of Abraham, the Messiah. So there are no ifs in Genesis 12. There are no buts. It is just the promise of Yahweh. I make you a promise, Abraham. It's the same thing in Genesis 14. Look at all of this land, Abraham. I'm giving it to you. I promise you it's yours, you and your seed. Unconditional, unilateral. In the book of Romans, later revelation, Romans 4.13, we see that that promise in Genesis 14 is interpreted and understood by the Apostle Paul as meaning that Abraham and his children by faith would inherit the entire world. <laughs> it's a kingdom promise. That land that Yahweh promised to give Abraham, it's a kingdom promise. Abraham and all the patriarchs of faith, they looked for a city, Hebrews 11 says, whose builder and maker is Yahweh. Talking about the new heavens and the new earth. That's the kingdom. It's the same thing when Yeshua said in Matthew 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That's talking about the new earth. If you're in Abraham by faith, you get the inheritance. As Galatians 3 verse 7 says, So then understand that those who have faith are Abraham's children. If you're not a man or a woman of faith today, then you're not a son or a daughter of Abraham. No matter if you are genetically or not, what matters most is are you a son or a daughter by faith? That's what matters most. Then we come to Genesis 15 where in the first section we have the doctrine of justification by faith. Abraham is worried that all of his belongings and his possessions will have to be left to his servant, Eleazar of Damascus. But no, Yahweh promises him a son. It's an unconditional, unilateral promise made by Yahweh to Abraham. No ifs, no buts, no conditions. And he promises him offspring as numerous as the stars of the sky that would come about through Isaac and Jacob and the twelve sons of Jacob who was also named Israel or later named Israel. Abraham, the Bible says, believed Yahweh's promise. He trusted Yahweh's word. And Yahweh credited that faith that Abraham had to him as righteousness. That's the doctrine of justification by faith. 
preached in Genesis. We don't have to wait to Romans or Galatians to understand it. It's preached all the way back in the first book of the Bible, the book of Bereshith or the book of beginnings, book of origins. Abraham was justified by faith. The latter part of Genesis 15 is what I want to focus on in this lesson. I'm going to try to make it as simple as possible because a minister's job is to simplify complex things. It's not for me to get up here and make you think I've got a big vocabulary or that I'm such a wise man. That's not a minister's job. It's to simplify something that might not be so simple in your mind and make it easy to understand. If I speak in such a way that you can understand, I'm not doing my job. So in Genesis 15, verse 7, Yahweh again tells Abraham... I'm giving you some land. That's a great promise. I love land. I live on three acres. I like my land. Yahweh says, I'm giving you some land. Remember, Paul interprets that as the meek shall inherit the globe, the earth. <laughs> Hallelujah. And Abraham questions Yahweh in Genesis 15. And he says, how can I know? How can I know that I will possess the land? How can I be sure? How can I know, Yahweh? Have you ever asked Yahweh that question? How can I know? How can I know I'm saved? How can I know I'm in Yahweh's family? How can I know I'm going to make it to the kingdom of heaven? How can I know, Yahweh? You can know, brothers and sisters. You can be assured. And that's because your assurance is not based upon you. Your assurance is not based upon what you do. Your assurance is based upon the promise of Yahweh, the unconditional unilateral promise of Yahweh to Abraham and his seed, the Messiah. And if you're in the Messiah, that unconditional unilateral promise applies to every son of faith or every daughter of faith. That's how you can know. That's how you can know. Some say that sounds too easy, Brother Matthew. That sounds too simple. Make it more complicated. Tell me to jump through a set of hoops. Tell me to do a set of prayers. Tell me to keep a set of laws. Make them doable. Make it based on me. I want to feel like I've accomplished something. I want part of the credit. I want part of the credit. No, no, no. You need to trust in the promise of Yahweh. You need to get your eyes off of yourself, get your eyes off of man, get your eyes off of me, get your eyes off of any man on the earth and put your eyes on the one that Yahweh sent, the seed of Abraham, the promised Messiah. You need to come to a point where you realize you're not good enough to be saved in yourself, but you're not bad enough for Yahweh to save you by His grace. Hallelujah. Let me repeat that again. You're not good enough to be saved in yourself. But you're not bad enough for Yahweh to save you by His grace. You're not bad enough to lose Yahweh's love. Listen, in Genesis 15, Yahweh told Abraham to bring him some animals and split them or cut them down the middle. And Abraham did this and he placed the cut pieces opposite one to another. If you can picture, kind of like these pews are here, the pieces and the animals were placed opposite to each other which made a path down the middle of the animals. So we've got these animals cut in two and this is interesting because the Hebrew word for covenant, berit, means to cut. We say to make a covenant, but the Hebrews understood it as to cut a covenant. And bloodshed was always involved. You've heard of little boys becoming blood brothers. That's likely where that came from, where they would cut and then grab hands and they would become blood brothers. They would cut a covenant or an agreement between the two of them. So Abraham brings the animals to the scene. He does what Yahweh says. He cuts them. He lays them opposite one another. And then the Bible says a deep sleep falls 
on Abraham as the sun is setting. So he's asleep when Yahweh makes this covenant with him. He's not even awake. It's a one-sided promise, brothers and sisters. It's not a two-sided covenant. This is a covenant of promise. This is not a covenant based on law. It's a covenant based on promise. Abraham is asleep. This covenant is based solely on the oath of Yahweh. Nothing else. The Bible says, As the sun sets and darkness comes on the land, a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch appear and passes between the divided animals. That fire pot and that torch are visible representations of the invisible Yahweh. The New Testament says our mighty one is a consuming fire. The Bible talks about when he came down on Mount Sinai, he burnt the top of the mountain. That smoking pot and that, that torch was a representation of Yahweh. Scholars call it a theophany. It's as though Yahweh himself is walking down the aisle to make his promise to Abraham. Shh, Abraham, you lay there and you rest. Sleep, my son. Don't do anything. I'll take care of everything. Don't worry. If I break this oath, may I be cut in two as these animals. If I don't keep my oath, may my carcass be picked by the birds of prey the same way that the birds of prey came down and picked the carcasses of these animals. Lay there, Abraham. I'm taking care of this. It's a covenant based on promise. This is what I mean when I say unilateral and unconditional. And this is what the author of Hebrews means. I'd like to turn to Hebrews 6. This is what the author of Hebrews means when he penned Hebrews 6, 13 through 20. If you make notes in your Bible, you can write down at Galatians 3, 15 through 18, Hebrews 6, 13 through 20, and also back to Genesis 12 through 15. Hebrews 6, verse 13. Listen carefully. For when Yahweh made a promise to Abraham, since he had no one greater to swear by, he swore by himself. I will most certainly bless you and I will greatly multiply you. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham obtained the promise for men swear by something greater than themselves. And for them, a confirming oath ends every dispute because Yahweh wanted to show his unchangeable purpose even more clearly to the heirs of the promise He guaranteed it with an oath so that through two unchangeable things in which is it impossible, it is impossible for Yahweh to lie. We who have fled for refuge might have strong encouragement to seize the hope set before us. We have this hope like a sure and firm anchor of the soul that enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. Yeshua has entered there on our behalf as a forerunner because he has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Yahweh swore by himself. There is no one greater than Yahweh. He is truly the self-existent one that causes everything to be. He says to Moses, I will be what I will be. He did not swear in Genesis 12 or Genesis 14 or Genesis 15 based on Abraham's greatness or based on Abraham's law keeping. 
He did not swear based on the greatness of anybody that lived at that time. He swore that he would do what he would do by his own great name. And he is the covenant-keeping mighty one. He never breaks a promise. Those of us who have fled to Yahweh the Father for a refuge from the storms of sin and the storms of our life, we can have strong encouragement and strong hope. It is a sure firm anchor. That anchor is hooked. The reason it's firm and it's sure is because the anchor is hooked to the rock of ages. And it's not coming loose from that rock. And it's not because you had such a good anchor and you dropped it in the right place or it was something based upon what you did. It's because of the rock that holds the anchor sure. And there is no adversary in heaven or on earth that can pull that anchor out of the rock. Yahweh the rock promised a singular seed of Abraham. And that seed came and he performed exactly what no other Israelite ever performed. He performed exactly what Yahweh required. Perfect obedience. Sinlessness. No blemishes. No spots. No wrinkles. Exactly as was outlined in Holy Scripture through Holy Prophecy. And Yeshua was able to do what He did, brothers and sisters, because... The prophecy in Daniel 2 says that he is the stone that broke off of the mountain that crushed the rest of the kingdoms. Yahweh kept his promise. My friends and family, I do not stand here before you today because I'm such a good man. Neither do you. I'm a sinner in need of being saved. I need Yahweh to promise me salvation because I cannot get it on my own. And you can't either. I am not strong enough. I am not good enough. I am not wise enough. And I know myself, I am not stable enough. So I look to the one who is strong and the one who is good. I look to the one who is wise. I look to the one who is a firm foundation. I drift and fall. Proverbs says that the just man or the righteous man falls seven times. But he gets back up. I drift and I fall. I get up and I stumble again. But you know what? The anchor holds firm because it's hooked to the rock of ages. The anchor holds firm. You can know. You say, how do I know? How do I know, Brother Matthew? How do I know? If you're in Christ, you know because of Yahweh's promise. Trust in His promise. Trust in His promise. The law that came later, 430 years later, under the old Mosaic covenant, that law, conditional covenant based on law, cannot annul the previous unconditional covenant based on a promise. And you better be thankful because if it could then none of us would have hope if it could annul it. But Yahweh swore it by Himself, by His great name. He swore by His name because there was none greater. It cannot revoke a covenant that had been previously made and ratified by Yahweh's promise while Father Abraham was asleep and Yahweh represented with a torch in the smoking fire pot 
passed down between the cut pieces and made that covenant all by himself. Be thankful for that promise today. That's why you're saved. Be thankful for that promise today. Let's stand and close in a word of prayer. Almighty Yahweh, I'm thankful that you're a covenant-keeping mighty one. And I'm so thankful, Father Yahweh, that you've not dealt with me as my sins deserve. And you've not repaid me according to my transgressions. You have shown grace on my life based upon the seed of Abraham, the one that you sent, the promised anointed one, the promised Messiah. Thank you, Yahweh. I know those are just words, and they seem so little and not enough. But I tell them because you tell me to. I praise you because you ask me to. I lift my hands to you, Father, because you command me to. Thank you, Yahweh, for saving me. Help me, Yahweh, when I doubt. Help me, Yahweh, to remember it's based on your promise. I love you. For it's through your only begotten Son I pray. Amen.